Hi, this is episode 38 of K. Ray Reads to You. Today we have part two of chapter 14 of Absolute Zero by Helen Gresswell. Uncle Parker and Aunt Celia came round to collect Daisy after her abortive tea party. Mr. Bagthorpe smiled wanly at them and tried to look short of breath. "'Good God!' exclaimed Uncle Parker. "'What is it, Russell?' asked Mr. Bagthorpe faintly. "'You smiled. See that, Celia? There you are, then. All they say about those places. It's all true. They've done a sterling job on you, Henry. Do it again.' "'Very funny.' Mr. Bagthorpe was beginning to snarl already. "'They say,' mused Uncle Parker, "'that a strictly vegetarian diet lowers the aggressive impulse. "'Are you going to stick on it now you've made a start?' Mr. Bagthorpe resisted rising to this, though a comment on the effects a vegetarian diet had had on Aunt Celia rose to his lips, and was stifled only with difficulty. Uncle Parker moved smoothly into top gear. "'And what about zero, then, Henry?' he drawled. "'Made a bit of an error in our calculations there, didn't we?' Mr. Bagthorpe abandoned, being the dying Keats, and went into an unusually long and prosy piece about the values of modern society, ending up with the declaration that zero would never, ever add up to anything. "'You can quote me on that,' he said. "'You can have it in writing.' His wife listened to this harangue with relief. She had been starting to worry about him, but realized now that he was his old self again. "'I'll make us all a nice cup of tea,' she said, as Borderland TV packed up for the day. "'And then we'll discuss our plans for Christmas. I think it would be nice if you and Celia, Russell, came to us for the day this year. Then we could all watch our program together at tea-time.' P.J. heard this. He paused by the door. "'Oh, by the way,' he said, "'we've got a new slant we're going to use at the end. "'The boss thought it'd be a good idea "'if we came back here Christmas Day "'and did the last five minutes of the show live.' "'I think that's a terrible idea,' said Mr. Bagthorpe instantly. "'I don't like it.' "'I don't like it either,' rejoined P.J. "'For one thing, I can think of ways I'd rather spend Christmas Day, "'and for another, I think it's courting disaster.' "'What is?' demanded Mr. Bagthorpe aggressively. "'What do you mean by that?' "'I mean,' returned P.J., "'that so far you have all acted happy only when thoroughly rehearsed. "'May I ask you, as a matter of cold fact, "'whether you do contrive to be happy on Christmas Day?' "'Of course we do,' cried Mrs. Bagthorpe. "'Certainly,' lied Mr. Bagthorpe. "'He raised his voice to somewhere near a shout, "'because William had just broken out on the drums overhead. "'You appear to have a very shallow view of happiness,' "'You are mistaken, for instance, if you suppose the family not to be happy at this present moment. "'People have different ways of being happy.' "'Mrs. Bagthorpe was so touched by this speech that she edged up to him and squeezed his hand, "'which he instantly snatched away. "'Happy, are you?' said P.J. cuttingly. "'You try proving we're not,' replied Mr. Bagthorpe calmly. "'Dealt with him all right, Henry,' said Uncle Parker, handsomely, when P.J. had gone. "'Check and mate, I thought.' "'You are marvellous, father,' agreed Tess. "'That man is malevolent, excruciating, and non-essential to the nth degree.' The Bagthorpes were thus temporarily united against a common enemy, which was better than not being united at all. 
and when Mrs. Fosdyke entered to announce that there were only two remaining unlabeled tins in the pantry, the gloom lightened further. "'Just think,' sighed Rosie, "'at Christmas we'll be able to choose what we eat. We'll be able to have real mince pies.' "'If you'll just come and give em a shake, then,' said Mrs. Fosdyke to Tess, whose turn it was, "'you can have your teas.' "'There's no need to shake them,' Tess pointed out. "'They're going to be opened anyway, aren't they?' Mrs. Fosdyke had not thought of this. She looked baffled for a minute, then nodded, and scuttled off back to the kitchen. The two tins turned out to be both clean peaches, which was not a bad way to end the tin-shaking era, and everyone was sitting round in pleasurable anticipation when the front door-knocker banged. "'Would you believe?' exclaimed Mrs. Fosdyke. Like Mr. Bagthorpe, she thought people who visited the house did it only to annoy. Everyone got on with the meal while she went off to deal with the intruder. A minute or two later she was back. "'I've let him in,' she announced. "'He's in the hall.' "'Who is it, Mrs. Fosdyke?' inquired Mrs. Bagthorpe, rising. "'It's a Mr. Sugden,' she replied, "'and I think he's for you. "'He said something about a problem, anyhow.' "'But I only deal with problems by post.' "'Mrs. Bagthorpe nonetheless patted her hair and went out. "'She was gone quite a long time. "'In fact, so long that she was forgotten, "'and all the clean peaches were eaten up. "'When she returned, Zero was just begging "'for the last morsels of jam roll.' Uncharacteristically, her eyes went straight to him. "'Oh, dear,' she murmured. "'Oh, dear.' "'What is it, mother?' asked Jack, who could see nothing wrong with Zero's performance. "'Oh, Jack, dear, I hardly know how to tell you. Oh, it's dreadful.' "'Have a cup of tea,' suggested Mr. Bagthorpe, not without a degree of sarcasm. "'Is it something to do with Zero?' "'Who is it?' asked Jack. Mrs. Bagthorpe sat down suddenly. "'I think you had better go and talk to him,' she told her husband, "'and see what you can make of him. "'Oh, what a thing to happen after all this time!' "'I don't know anybody called Sugden,' said Mr. Bagthorpe. "'Why should I go and talk to him? "'Who, Laura, is Mr. Sugden?' She avoided Jack's eye. "'He says... "'He says that he is Zero's real owner, "'and... He says he wants him back. <clears throat> At this, there was a really long silence. The Bagthorpes, for once, were lost for words. They were also, to their own astonishment, finding themselves in the grip of deep and conflicting emotions. With the exception of Jack himself, whose feelings were perfectly straightforward. He loved Zero, had always loved him, and that was that. The rest of the family, however, genuinely despised Zero, and had no feelings of affection for him whatsoever, or so they had thought, until the news that he might suddenly be taken from them forever forced their real feelings to the surface. These feelings took them by surprise. Rosie was the first to speak. "'He's not! He can't be! He's ours!' she cried, and promptly burst into tears. "'The man's raving,' said Mr. Bagthorpe tersely. "'Show him out, Mrs. Fosdyke.' She did not move. She knew, as did everyone else there present, that the man in the sitting-room possibly was Zero's real owner. Zero had simply appeared one day two years previously in the Bagthorpe's garden, and stayed. They had advertised him in the lost-and-found column of the local paper, but nobody seemed to have recognized the description, 
or if they had, they had not come forward. At the time, Mr. Bagthorpe had thought this understandable. "'If ever we get a chance to lose him,' he had said, "'we'll take good care we don't get him back through any lost and found column.' "'Whatever shall we do?' This problem was beyond Mrs. Bagthorpe. "'He's not having zero, Jack said. "'I'd die first. I'm going to go and tell him so.' He felt all at once very brave. "'Come on, Zero.' Jack went out, and Zero trailed after him. The others followed. A short, balding man with a waistcoat button missing was planted on the hearth rug with his back to the fire. As Jack entered, he caught sight of Zero and exclaimed loudly, "'Cuddles! Cuddles, old boy! It's you!' "'It's what?' Jack was incredulous. "'Cuddles!' repeated Mr. Bagthorpe disgustedly. "'You're mad!' Mr. Sugden ignored them. He concentrated on Zero, who was still at Z Jack's side, and had remained totally untouched by his effusive greeting. "'Hey, Cuddles! Come on, old chap, it's me! Come on! Walkies, boy! Walkies!' "'It's no use your using trigger words in the hope that the animal will wag his tail and appear to recognize you,' Mr. Bagthorpe told him coldly. "'That dog responds to no trigger words known to man. If you had been his true owner, you would have known that.' And that's the end of part two of chapter 14 of Absolute Zero. See you next time.